0: Planet Football Podcast is brought to you by the SeatGeek app, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets for your favorite events. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code PLANET for $20 off your first purchase. We're also sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in daily fantasy sports with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code PLANET at FANDUEL.COM to enter a risk-free tournament for up to $10. Welcome to SI's Planet Football Podcast, where each week we discuss the latest in the world of soccer. I am SI.com soccer editor, Avi Creditor, joined today by Planet Football Podcast producer, Alex Abnos. Alex, I believe this is the first time we've had your voice gracing uh, gracing the pod.
1: I think so. I I think the only time before was when I chimed in to say that Kansas City sports were doing well uh, at the time that they were doing well. Uh, So it's (laughs) nice to actually talk about soccer. (laughs) <laughs> for once on this podcast, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's uh, it's it's great to to have your voice with us. And uh, you had a really good idea, actually, about about how to to wind down the year. Obviously, twenty fifteen is is coming to an end. We've we've been blessed in the last what four or five months since we relaunched the podcast to have some some great guests on the show with us, and and that got you to thinking.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it did. It, it, the idea actually came to me after we had. I think it was Carly Lloyd on. And we were starting to get some momentum with getting some guests, and I was thinking, you know, like, man, if we could just get somebody at every position, we would have probably the most badass five aside team ever assembled. Uh, So that's actually—it sounds like what we're going to be doing for this uh, for this close of year uh, podcast is basically giving you our five aside team of podcast guests uh, from this year in the Plan Football podcast.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I think it's a great idea, obviously, and uh, and and basically, we're we're gonna go back and, and play some clips um, from uh, from some of our guests. Um, unfortunately, that means leaving out a lot of a lot of good names. Um, yeah. But the the whole point of this basically is that we were able to bring you some some pretty big names in the world of soccer uh, over the last half of this year, and and we plan on doing a lot more of that next year as well. Um, so without further ado, I guess we'll we'll kick it off starting. In the back, uh, in October, we were able to have uh, Arsenal goalkeeper Peter Cech on with Grant Wall one-on-one. Arsenal, of course, as uh, we're taping this before Boxing Day, Arsenal is within two points of first-place Leicester City. First-place Leicester City. It still feels weird to say. Um, But in the meantime, Cech, he's in his first year with Arsenal after being with Chelsea forever. Uh, And here's a clip of what he had to say to Grant back in October.
2: You spent 11 seasons at Chelsea. Uh, you became a huge part of that club's success over the years. Like a lot of players, you must have a routine that you get used to when you're at a club for that long. In what ways does Arsenal do things in a similar way on a day-to-day basis as you experienced at Chelsea? And In what ways is Arsenal different?
3: Well, I think, you know, we are talking about two top clubs and, and in the top clubs, you know, the preparation... Uh, and, and the motivation and the desire to, you know, to prepare to win trophies is the same. So I don't see, there is not, um uh, much difference between the organization of both clubs. Uh, obviously the, the managers are different, uh, mentality and slightly different philosophy of the football. So that's why, you know, the certain, certain uh, things in a football way are, are different but uh, i have to say that um, you know there is not a big difference between uh, between Arsenal just in terms of the organization and the preparation for the players so I think it helped me to, to set up quickly
2: as well. You mentioned football philosophy differences. So many people want to talk about personality differences between Wenger and Mourinho but I'm more interested in football philosophy differences how has the football philosophy changed for you this year
3: well i think the in the modern game as a goalkeeper you need to be you need to know for what team you're playing and i think this is where there's a lot of talk about you know if some people if some goalkeepers are playing more in the goal, some people higher up and and um but i think it all depends uh in the in the modern game as a goalkeeper you have to adapt the team, the way the team plays. So, if your defense is playing really high, then obviously you need to have the advanced position that you can sweep. If, if your if your team is more about counter attacking and sitting a little bit deep, obviously then it's not it's not the the way to say that the goalkeeper is not as active, but it's, it just plays with the the way the team plays. So, I think that there is a there is a difference obviously between between the way Chelsea plays and and Arsenal plays. So. We are more active with the ball, we, you know, we, we press higher and there is more space, so I have to, have to be higher, you know, to, to compensate the, the high line, but um, this happens, you have to be able to, to adapt and to have the right position all the time.
2: Your first Premier League game with Arsenal didn't go the way you had hoped, yet you have been terrific this season in goal after that game. I'm always amazed at professional athletes. I can never be one because I think I, I would crumble if I made a mistake. Just once, uh, what as a professional athlete, what are the keys to putting mistakes behind you and moving forward?
3: I think the key is the preparation because uh, you know I believe that when you prepare, then and, and uh, you know the the things are not going well. You know you couldn't have done anything more, so you just continue to you know to work and and you believe in what you're doing, and I think this is this is where you know you need to be strong in your mind to believe that the the, the thing you are doing is. Is the right thing, and uh, you know I had a brilliant pre-season, and uh, you know we won the the Community Shield game against Chelsea. We were ready for the first game, and obviously the first game went wrong. But it was it was not you know it could it could have been coincidence, just the way that was a it was a bad day, and and I knew that I was ready to play the game, and, and I made two mistakes, which which obviously I was not happy about. But um, the key is to continue. I believe the the way I prepare. Uh, Uh, It brought me all the success I had and so I put my head down. The other day I went and trained and and prepared the next game and since then obviously the the things are looking different ways so I think the the preparation and the work, uh, you know, you continue to do what you do best This is the the only thing to, you know, to overcome a, a period where you made a mistake.
2: I'd like to ask some questions about goalkeeping if possible. How would you describe the way you hope to play the position of goalkeeper when you're at your best?
3: It feels like you have a fraction more time all the time because uh, you don't think too much about am i in the right position you just automatically go with your feeling and a bit of and the game goes and I think this is the, this is always the the aim for everybody. You wanna, you wanna feel obviously physically uh, and uh, prepared. But once you get into the zone where you feel that you know you are ready, you are comfortable, you have the mind rhythm, and everything is going well. This is where you feel like things are happening for you, even without thinking too much. And and uh, I think that, that makes that makes a big difference because the decision making in a goal it's down to a fraction of the second, and and uh, you can you know if you if you are more, more comfortable, more relaxed, then your decision making obviously uh, becomes easier to uh, let's say to execute in the right way, and then you you make you don't make mistakes, and and you don't you make a right a right um, decisions all the time. So. But it comes down to the confidence and, and the way you know you play and if you play well a few games in the row then and I think everybody feels better, every every athlete feels better.
0: All right, Alex. So that was that was our goalkeeper. Um now obviously tactically playing five aside. Got we've got four outfield players. Now how how do you wanna arrange these there there's some differing points of view here we could just go for the four forwards or or, or, or <laughs> what do you think i mean we we were we almost had enough forwards to be able to go with a
1: with an all forward lineup and i know that people uh around the world that play 5 aside have differing opinions about how to set up their 5 aside team uh but uh looking at our list of guests, I think we actually only interviewed one defender so that kind of that kind of limits us a little bit in what we're able to do so we're gonna go with uh, the good old one two one formation I like uh, the diamond the diamond exactly yeah. uh, as, as much of a di- literally the only way you can have a diamond <laughs> no, on a four field player five side team
0: we could go with a straight eye formation actually just well, one, 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 one but
1: whoa. Well, that, I feel like that's breaking down the five-a-side court into a little bit too many quadrants, but <laughs> maybe maybe Livio Bird tactician expert could,
4: could
0: uh, have a stronger opinion about that than, than I. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's, let's go to the defense. Uh, back in August, we were able to have LA Galaxy defender AJ Della Garza on with us. He talked um, about you know bringing in the, the, the amount of star power that they did. It was after Giovanni Dos Santos had, had joined the club. Um, and he also plays internationally for Guam, which is uh, interesting in its own right. They're involved uh, with World Cup qualifying and and just the different experience of playing internationally there, especially while while living in LA, uh, as opposed to playing for the U.S. national team. Uh, so now AJ and Della Garza. you appeared twice for the U.S. men's national team, uh, and and then chose to represent. Guam, and I'm wondering, as a, uh, a dual national with those those options, I guess what's the, the thought process there, and, and ultimately what led you to, to make that choice?
4: Oh, for me, you
5: know, I, I think I went to January camps four years uh, in a row, and you know, I would, would play center back as a as a Galaxy player, and then you know, once I got to the international stage in those January camps I was put at outside back and, you know, it's just a a totally different experience and, and a different level. And, and I just didn't see myself fitting in into a a regular player and someone who can make a difference, you know, every day and, and every game. And obviously Guam is not, you know, high ranked as the U.S. or or even close, but from, from that standpoint, I felt like I could make a difference for uh, a team in a country that, you know, used to lose games, 10-0, uh, whatever it may be. And and now we're winning World Cup qualifiers against, you know, countries 20 times the, the size of ours. And, and and for me, it was, you know, not about the now only, but the, the future and, and what can we do now to to help those kids who, who live in Guam, you know, look up to us and, and want to play uh, for Guam national team when, when they get older. Your, what what
6: I I know you're you you qualify through your your father, but uh, I guess we're not quite clear how that works. So what is your, what is your connection to Guam and and I guess you still have some kind of family there, right? So so you still yeah. have sort of a a living connection to the country.
5: Yeah, my my grandma lives there, you know, still, and I got aunts and cousins and extended family. I've been there twice now, and you know, every time they have a little barbecue for me, and there's you know at least fifty family members there, so. Wow, uh, no. probably half the island is his. My family. <laughs> and, and are you? And and and
6: this question is going to make your skin crawl. But but are you the most accomplished player in Guam? I mean, are you? Are you? Is is Keen coming to the the Galaxy the equivalent
5: of AJ De La Garza going to Guam? Right. Well, for one, he's w- way more popular than me. <laughs> but on a relative you know, scale, yeah, I, but, yeah, I think on on a soccer standpoint, I you know I've I've been to a lot and I, I've you know, accomplished quite a bit, and I want to do a lot more on the international level, but, you know, winning MLS Cups and NCAA championships, I'm not sure, you know, there's other guys on our team that have done that, but there's, you know, players who have played in MLS and Ryan Guy and Brandon McDonald, and Jason Cunliffe and uh, Doug Herrick just was a keeper last year with the Sounders, so uh, we have uh, some quality, and, 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 you know, as you saw, we, we won you know two world cup qualifiers against Turkmenistan and India which is huge for our country.
6: Yeah, I mean I looked this up. Guam estimated population I mean obviously there's more to it than population but the the figures are staggering. Guam has 162,000 people. India's got 1.25 billion.
5: And yeah. you
6: guys beat them. I mean I mean that's it must have been I mean can you just talk about that day and that match
5: and and how you guys pulled that off? Oh, well leading up to that, you know it was the, the first well Cup qualifier games at home. It was the first game they ever sold a ticket to, and and there's there a lot of history made even before we stepped on the field. And you know, against Turkmenistan to, to win and you know, it was huge. And and then to to play India at home as well, and you know another you know sellout crowd of what four four thousand people uh, there it is big for our country, and you could see the the excitement around the, the stadium, and and when we had open training. Uh, when you win, people show up, and and that's kind of what's happening. And you know, I think we tried to sell our two games against uh, Iran and Oman, just because you know we we didn't know what to expect. And now that we won our first two games, I think we got those games back, and now we're going to be hosting at home again. So uh, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Hopefully, how would you describe the the
6: level of play? I mean, what's 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 it like at that level of of Asian international soccer?
5: Well, you're you playing, you know, against We we'll play Iran later in September, or early September, and then uh, we go home and play Oman. And, and we've played India and Turkmenistan, and it's you know different level than, than CONCACAF. I don't I don't know how I can really compare it. Um, uh, well, do the it, do the referees give last second the... penalties? <laughs> oh my gosh, referees are probably worse than CONCACAF.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh really?
5: Uh, I mean, we played in, in Lyles before, and in Cambodia, and we played in Laos, and you know, there was a the referee was from Lyles. so you know, a lot of temper about- that game.
0: Okay, well, that that takes care of our our rear guard, Petr Cech, AJ Delagarza, uh, on our five aside Planet Football Podcast squad. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with the midfield, where we had to make uh, an interesting cut. So we'll, uh, we'll give you that when we come back. MLS might be done for the year, but let's be honest, the offseason is pretty much non-existent and games have already been announced for the start of the 2016 season. The men's national team is back in action in January and the women's national team takes to the field in Olympic qualifying in February. And to find your way into those games, SeatGeek is the best way to find your great deal to those and many more. When you use our code PLANET, you get $20 back via check or PayPal. On SeatGeek, you can also sell your extra tickets to other fans. SeatGeek pulls all the ticket buying and selling options from other ticket sites into one place to save you time. They also know the fair market value of every ticket. SeatGeek uses that information to show you the best deals and find the underpriced seats in the venue. Also, if you have tickets that you can't use, SeatGeek will help you quickly sell them to another fan. Hate those sneaky fees at the end? SeatGeek has the lowest fees of any ticket site out there and always shows you the full price up front. So, to redeem your promo code and get your $20 rebate via check or PayPal, download the free SeatGeek app today, enter promo code PLANET in the app, and SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. For those soccer tickets around the corner, the NBA, the NFL, or even the best concerts, use the SeatGeek app and don't forget to enter our code PLANET for $20 back. All right, welcome back. It's midfield time. We're starting to get towards the front of our five-a-side team here. Um and and we had to make make some cuts. Obviously, we can only take a certain amount of people. Um and and Alex, when we were looking at our midfield options, we were thinking, well, we definitely need to take World Cup winners. The problem is, we had 3 of them and and we can only take 2.
1: Yeah. Uh this this was by far the the hardest category to uh, to cut down. Um especially when you're talking about Literally three World Cup winners fighting for, uh, two spots, but uh, ultimately, uh, we decided that, you know, you've got to have in in your in your five aside midfield, you got to have a, a scrapper, somebody that's going to do a lot of the dirty work, and you have to have somebody that will be really creative and open up these totally imaginary teams that this five aside team is playing. Uh, <laughs> so we went. So uh, for the first element,
0: uh, we went with uh, with Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd. World Cup winner with the U.S. Women's National Team, likely winner of FIFA's Female World Player of the Year Award. She just took that home that honor with uh, with U.S. soccer, and obviously she had uh, one, one unforgettable summer. Um, she was also a finalist for SI Sports Person of the Year, which we've talked about in the last few weeks. Um, so we had her on. It was after um, the parade. It was after the rally in L.A. It was after all the hoopla um, off of their World Cup championship, but we also did get a chance to talk to her little bit about uh what it would be like to be on on stage at the Belondo or gala uh, should that opportunity arise and and it will uh so without further ado your u.s soccer women's player of the year carly
1: I thought was the turning point of the tournament for you guys. It was, it was kind of ironic in my mind that it came because of a suspension, because obviously Lauren Holiday couldn't play, and then all of a sudden uh, Morgan Bryan gets thrown into this really important role, and she does really well. And it seems like that really, um, it didn't change the team completely, because obviously she'd been with the team from the start, but it really, I like to say that it unleashed Carly Lloyd. Um, wh- what did you think of kind of, her performance, and, and what uh, moving her into midfield did for the team.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think it was tremendous. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in kind of things happen for a reason. If you just put your head down and keep chipping away day in and day out, good things are going to happen. Um, you know, it was, was pretty crazy. I remember – Jill kind of meeting with me before the China match and just kind of going over what, what some of her thoughts were as far as pushing me higher, having Morgan just solely sit and, and worry about that. Um, and then, you know, just kind of give me the freedom to go and it paid off getting a, a goal in that game. And, um, I just felt, you know, a just a, a big kind of little weight lifted off. You know, I was able to kind of go and do my thing. I, I didn't worry about making mistakes. I knew I was going to make mistakes out there, but if if you don't take any risks, you're not going to come away with success. So, um, in order to do that, you, you need to go for it and you need to take those risks. And that's just kind of what I did. I mean, I, I I live for those moments to be able to kind of take my team, uh, on the back of my shoulders and, and get it done. Um, to me, that's, it's fun. And I know that, me personally and, and the team, we got off to a little bit of a slow start, but uh, you know just kept reminding myself it's not how you start it's how you finish, and I think that we surely finished pretty strong in that tournament once I got the green light to to do what I do best, um, I knew that I had to run with it, and I had to make something happen because uh, we weren't scoring a lot of goals, and we you know it was taking us a little bit to get going but I thought Morgan coming in at such a young age and being plugged into there, um, she did really well. You know, she accepted her role. She did what she needed to do, and um, it worked out. And, and for me, I think throughout my career, you know, I've been doing all the dirty work for quite some time, box to box midfielder, holding mid at times, and um, you know, it's fun to be able to play higher up on the field be able to take risks, do what I do, attack. Um, you know, it's definitely more of my, my natural position and I really enjoy it.
0: Um, I'm curious if you've allowed yourself to think as far as the, uh, FIFA gala that'll take place, uh, in the winter, naturally winning a, a golden ball at a world cup, you figure to be in the mix for, for world player of the year. Um, obviously that's, something you stated you want to be the best in the world and and you're in position to to be crowned as that um i i'm curious if you were to meet set bladder one-on-one he's obviously had plenty to say about the women's game um (laughs) he's had uh some incidents with abby wambach alex morgan that they've they've talked about would you shake his hand would you have anything you'd you'd want to say to him would you just kind of go through the motions there
7: uh you know i haven't thought about it i mean the the first Step is actually getting there. I mean, you just never know with FIFA. Uh, <laughs> no matter what what you've done in the World Cup, who knows? Um, not getting too overly excited about that yet. But it would be truly an honor to be able to be there and be a part of that. I mean, it is something that personally for me is what I want to accomplish. Um, so I haven't really thought about it. I mean, who knows if I'll even be there? I mean, that's would be a good question um but hopefully if i were to meet him i'm hoping that he would have some sort of sense of who i was and what i did in the world cup but um yeah i'm not really sure i'll have to think that one over
0: that's that's really asking a lot of the fifa president don't you think yeah. <laughs> yeah.
7: <laughs> absolutely yeah it's uh you just never know about that
0: All right, so we've got one more place in our midfield now, um, and it it was it was not easy. You're talking about two players here that we were deciding between Kaká and Shabi Alonso, both of one the World Cup on the men's side. And uh, and Alex, how how did you want to? We're taking a lot of liberties here, so it, it doesn't really matter. But but how how do you think this all breaks down?
1: Well, well, it it came down to a couple elements. First of all, I think uh, I think the skills that Kaká have has in this completely imaginary team that will never actually play <laughs> together uh, would complement uh, what Carly Lloyd brings to the midfield. And also, if we're talking about just between Kaká and Xabi Alonso, Kaká has a World Player of the Year award and Xabi Alonso does not. So uh, there you go. There's there's the entire reasoning for uh, for this completely
0: subjective uh, team that we're putting together. <laughs> <laughs> Shabby Alonso actually though, uh, was it last week, A couple weeks ago, just scored a blistering goal. He hadn't scored since April, I think. And then, and then he just turns out one of those. He's, uh, he's still a great talent. He signed on with Bayern Munich, I think through 2017 now, but, um, but if there's any possibility he were to come uh, over to the U S after that, I think that would be great. And then we could have him in studio and make sure he gets on the 2018 compilation pot. So
1: Absolutely. Uh, Fantastic player. Uh, Fantastic interview, too. We found out in that interview with him. uh, First of all, we got to hear him call Steven Gerrard Stevie, uh, which was very, very good in his in his accent. Uh, And we found out that he's a big pavement fan, which I was I was not expecting at all uh, from him. But that's Shabby Alonso. He's not even on the team right now. So let's go. Let's move on to Kaká.
0: Look, there, there are just others that are ahead of him. <laughs> 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 yep, <laughs> exactly. What can we say? <laughs> uh, all right. So to round out our five aside midfield, uh, Orlando City captain and Brazil national team midfielder Kaká.
8: Ricardo, when you play with Brazil, when you, when you played with Milan, Madrid, you're, you're surrounded by, by stars, by, by millionaires, by players who, who are at the highest level. When you're at Orlando, you're surrounded by a lot of guys who don't have that kind of experience, who don't make that kind of money, who, who, who haven't played under the, 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 in the Champions League at the World Cup. What kind of challenge has that been for you to, to, to be in a locker room and on the field with players who don't have the kind of experience uh, you're used to being around?
9: It's a big challenger as a, an experience because uh, to understand every atmosphere every uh, uh, place that I be when I go to the national team I have to proceed in in one way when I'm here I have to proceed in another way how can I teach both of these guys because uh, now I'm one of the most experienced player in the national team here and so it's uh, it's very good for me as a challenger to but it's not just teach; it's to improve and to to learn from them as well. It's uh, I've been learning a lot of things from, from these guys this this season in national team. The same, the time the time that I, I played in Spain in, in Milan, I I learned a lot of things from from them as well. So it's uh it for me. It's everything's about to to get better every day. So every time that I can be better, improving something,
8: it's it's good. We wonder about that, when, when, especially when we talk about uh, key American players coming back from Europe to MLS. We wonder if they'll be able to improve and raise their game uh, when they're not surrounded by players who are as good as they are or better. H- how, do you, how do you become a better player while being the guy that everybody's counting on on the team?
9: Yeah, as a challenger, uh, is motiva- uh, motivating myself. So every time that I, I come here to training, so I try to do something different, as a physical, tactical, or technical, uh, on the field. So this is my what I'm trying to what I try to do this season, and what I'm trying to do, and I will try to do the the next one. So I need to to do something special. What can I do with 33 years old? Uh, I can run, not, not I can see the game much better than before. I can. Uh, see other things that the young players can't see so i can use that for for my my way and for sure i, I can still run and <laughs> be a physical player as well
2: what has surprised you or, or have you found difficult or challenging about the league? Uh, you know, was there anything that maybe you weren't told before you signed about artificial turf or the media or travel or anything like that?
9: No. Uh, these issues, I think the, the, the worst one is the, the turf game. It's, it's not easy when we have to... When we practice the whole week in the natural turf... And uh, the natural field and during the weekend you have to play in the turf. But it was like this. Next year we will have our stadium, it's a natural field, so we'll be much, much better. And but it's okay. That is a it's it's not a problem. And for the travel it's it's good, no problem as well, because we 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 travel every fifteen days more or less and most of them it's here in our conference we just had five uh travels for the other conference very nice it is amazing atmosphere amazing place to to know so was great that as well the thing that it's good and bad in the it's uh the how competitive it is this league and and how the teams doesn't have the uh how can i say the the balance i mean right. we can we can beat new york red bulls in new york 5-2 and we can we can lose at home so uh, this kind of things it's very good because the league is so competitive mm-hmm. but i mean for one team as our team orlando next next season we have to be more uh how can i say that como que fala uh, no, mais equilibrado. Sorry about that, guys. More <laughs> consistent. Thank you. We have to be more consistent on, on that because I think this is the secret in this league.
0: All right, so there you have it. Our midfield is set. If you were keeping track or just tuning in at this point, our team from back to front right now, Petr Cech, AJ Del Garza, Carly Lloyd, and Kaká, when we come back, we will round out the side with a forward and a coach. No, no good five-a-side team can take the field without it we'll be back with those. Fantasy football season is winding down, but the NHL and NBA are in full swing. And on FanDuel.com, when you use our code PLANET, you can play a risk-free tournament for up to $10. If you win, you keep the money. And if you lose, FanDuel will refund your account guaranteed. Think you know Fantasy, NBA, or NHL? Come prove it at FanDuel. Building a team is easy and fun, and you just pick your players and stay under the salary cap. Entry fees for leagues start at just $1, so there's a league for everyone. FanDuel is not just for large tournaments. You can set up a private league and play against your friends anytime, anywhere. To get started, go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use our code PLANET to sign up now. And here's that great new offer for our listeners. If you enter a league and you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. That's any tournament you want, up to 10 bucks. You can sign up on FanDuel.com and use our code PLANET then make a deposit and choose your league. If you don't win, you'll get that money right back in your FanDuel account for more play. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone, and use our code PLANET. FanDuel.com, where it can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. For interviews with some of the biggest names in sports media, SI's Podcast Network has the podcast for you. The SI Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. To hear it, go on iTunes, Stitcher, or si.com slash podcasts. Okay, we're back. We have two more spots on this team. Our Five Aside Planet Football Podcast 2015 interview guest. Well, FC. (laughs) Uh, We have got a forward and a coach. Uh, When it came down to the forward's Look, we've we've had a bunch of good forwards on. We just had Abby Wambach on last week, uh, so so I think for fresh, I don't know the freshness aspect of of things it would be a bit much if if we had if we had played that back again. Um, but again, she has just retired, putting a cap on on a tremendous career. We also had Kai Kamara on before uh, before while well, while Columbus was in its its run toward the MLS Cup final, um, and and he was he was fantastic talking about. What he had done in, in Sierra Leone and, and what he continues to do there off the field. And then on the field, he scored a, what, 22 goals to tie Sebastian Javinko for the most in MLS this season. However, Alex, who, uh, who are we going with?
1: I'm uh, going to go with Didier Drogba. Uh, this was actually a, a pretty close race, uh, in my mind, between two of uh, two big target forwards uh, that play in Major League Soccer. Drogba had just an absolutely outstanding start to his MLS career. Not the numbers, uh, that Kamara did because he didn't play the full season. But man, as soon as he got going here, he really got going. I think he had uh, what was it, eleven or twelve goals in his first eleven games, something insane like that. Um, and he'll definitely be uh, you know a player you'll want to look out for. It was it was a tough choice, but I'm glad that we have uh, Drogba on the end of all these uh, again imaginary passes from these from the, uh, on this imaginary team.
0: Well, I mean, next year's MLS All Star Game, you might actually see Kaká play a ball. To Didier Drogba That that could
1: that's happen.
0: true. That's true. Um AJ Delagarza could even start the play out of the back. You never know. It could. It anything's possible, And Anything's possible. Anything is possible in MLS with our five aside team. Uh so now uh we've got Didier Drogba who with one full season of MLS uh ahead of him, can he get thirty goals? Is that possible? Grant Wall asked them. And here is Didier Dragba.
2: I will admit, I was a little worried when you first arrived. Ah,
10: you should have, (laughs) you (laughs) should
11: have.
2: You said it would take some time to get fully fit, and then Montreal fires its coach right after you arrive. Was there a point at first when you asked yourself, did I make the right decision coming here?
10: No, 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 because um, all I wanted to do was to play. You know, no matter who was the manager, no matter what happened at the club, uh, okay, the situation was there for for a few weeks, if not months, before before I came. But I knew the the potential of this club. I I, I heard about the city, and 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 I really wanted to go there because this is uh, the kind of city I like. You know, French speaking, English speaking. Uh, there's a big African community there as well. And um, Montreal is a multicultural city, and, and that's what I, I really—that's what really helped me to 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 choose Montreal. And uh, no matter what happened, I knew it was only going to be up to me, uh, down to me, to 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 make this a, a good move or not.
2: You had a hat trick in your second MLS game. You had three multiple goal games in the 12 you played. We've seen players like Thierry Henry and David Beckham, great players. They took some time to adjust to MLS when they arrived. Why was the adjustment to this new league so smooth for you?
10: Because my teammates put me in the best conditions to, to, to play, you know. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm there to. To, to, to enjoy to enjoy my my, my football I, you know last season I didn't play a lot uh, you know so I, I really wanted to, to, to catch up you know uh, with all the games I didn't play so and I had a lot of energy I, I just wanted to, to, to perform and and in a way in a way but not it's not really in, wasn't really my ambition, but to, 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 to prove people that I made the right choice going there, you know?
2: hmm Now I have to ask you about one moment of the Columbus series where you ended up around the leg of the Columbus goalkeeper, Steve Clark. And this happened in an NBA game in a different situation a few years ago with uh, the New York Knicks, uh, their coach. W- what happened there to cause that situation?
10: No, the thing because everybody is showing uh, me grabbing his leg, but uh, nobody came back to the fact that uh, he, he stepped on my on my leg. Okay. Okay, I, I did a tackle, a but tackle I missed. I mean but then he, he, he stood on my leg, so that's why I was grabbing his his uh, his leg and, uh, and and stopping him. But they were showing only the the. The, the, the end of the, of, the, of the situation. But it's okay, you know, it's, uh, it can happen.
2: So now we have the full sides to that story. I'm glad you shared that. Um, I can't let you leave us here without asking just a, a couple of questions about Chelsea. Uh, what is your sense of, of what the club is going through right now?
10: It's very difficult for me to answer because I'm not at the club now. Uh, obviously, so uh, I haven't been there, but I think it's a difficult moment, like uh, a lot of teams had in the past. Like Manu had, like Arsenal had, like uh, Liverpool also had. Uh, but then we see big teams, big clubs in the ability to to, to come out of this difficult moment and, and shine again. And I'm not really worried about Chelsea because I know they're going to come back and, and be the best team in, in, in Europe and in the, in the league and in Europe.
2: One last question for you here, and that's about next season in MLS. Uh, you scored 12 goals in half a season. Uh, the way you scored this year, should we expect you to score 30 goals next season at age 38?
10: That's the challenge, my friend. Let's, let's do it. <laughs>
0: All right, well, there is our five-player team. Patercheck, AJ Delgarza, Carly Lloyd, Kaká, and Didier Drogba. Now we need a coach to put this all together who can take us to a championship level. We had on a few coaches uh, during during the last few months. Laura Harvey from uh, from the Seattle Reign and NWSL. Jesse Marsh, who was MLS's Coach of the Year. Tremendous season with New York Red Bulls, expecting a lot bigger things uh, ahead with, with him at the helm. But when it comes down to it, we want to lift the trophy. Not the supporter shield the trophy. Uh, So who does that leave us?
1: Man, Avi, really way to make like MLS and decrease the importance of the supporters shield there. (laughs) But uh, ultimately, lifting the trophy is very important. And guess what? Caleb Porter lifted the trophy. And before he did that, he was on uh, the Planet Football podcast. So that is why uh, we chose him to, to
0: lead our imaginary team. Exactly. Nothing against any of our guests. And and we obviously appreciate all of their time. Uh, they have much better things to do than than talk to us for 20 minutes or half an hour at a time. So we, we appreciate that. I
1: should note uh, that this was also a really tough choice. I thought Jesse Marsh's interview was absolutely fantastic. Um, Caleb's was as well. Uh, I mean, all of these all of these interviews are definitely uh, definitely worth listening to. Um, but hey. Team, team selection is a tough business. <laughs> That's worth finding out. <laughs>
0: the best part is you can actually just subscribe to the Planet Football Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher uh, and and just go through the archives and find the, the full-length interviews with all these players and, and coaches and everyone that we've had um, throughout the last few months there. Um, but to round out our team in the coaches box, Portland Timbers coach Caleb Porter.
2: Back to the playoffs, the single craziest moment of this year's MLS playoffs so far has been the 11-round penalty kick shootout that you guys had against Kansas City, uh, which featured goalkeepers deciding things from the spot at the end, also featured uh, two chances for you guys to lose at home, uh, and Kansas City hitting three posts on those two chances without converting. Have you ever experienced anything remotely like what happened that night?
4: No, I've been through, you know, like I said, over the last 15 years as a coach, I've been through a lot of, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, some crazy things. Um, I've seen it all, but I've never seen that. Never, never even seen that, um, you know, let alone be a part of it. And it was, it was one of the most torturous things. If you can imagine, you know, actually having your livelihood attached to it, um, (laughs) To, to to stand and watch 22 kicks. Um, and, I, and I think there was, like you said, two or three times where we were, it, it was over if they make it, uh, uh, you know, and then there were two or three times where if we make it, um, then they're under pressure and miss those moments and they miss those moments, you know, and, and then you start to, when it happens, when, when one hit the post twice, I turned to my assistants and I said, "We're winning this game, that because that just doesn't happen. And then you lose the game. You know, I, when when that happens, you win the game. And uh, you know what I said after the game was, when you win a game like that, usually you don't go and lose the next round. You know, you know I believe in that. There's there's this whole building of you know, this is our year and and the guys believe that we're going to keep moving on and that that wasn't just the last three games of the year and that penalty kick shootout wasn't just an aberration.
2: Both you and Oscar Pereja are pretty intense guys uh, on the field. Uh, And and there was a moment after one of your games this season when uh, instead of the typical handshake, Oscar had a, a tissue, he was waving at you and you told him to point to the scoreboard. Uh, or to look at the scoreboard. Uh, what, what happened in that moment? And and what, uh, have you guys had much communication since?
4: I'm, I'm laughing just because it was eight months ago and, you know, you try to forget about it, but then you think <laughs> about it and you just, you know, you just, it's one of those things where you think, you know, what were we doing? <laughs> um, you know, I didn't instigate it, but I also didn't like, you know, the way I reacted um, to it. You know, we, like I said, it was eight months ago, and we had a game uh, a few weeks later. I think it was four weeks later, and it was at Dallas. And, uh, you know, Oscar gave me a big hug before the game, apologized. I apologized to him. Um, it was just one of those things in the heat of the battle that, that happens. You know, neither one of us I, I, were proud of it. Um, you know, and as coaches, we sometimes we lose our lose our heads just like you know, everybody else, you know, it's, it's been played up a little bit more than I think is really an issue. I've had two issues um, in post game handshakes. (laughs) Uh, One one was the Pep Guardiola and one was Oscar. And in both games we won and and in neither game did I instigate it. Um, You know, but it's, it's good to talk about, you know, it's not all bad. You know, you have those, those, those things that increase interest, um, but I don't think that type of thing will ever happen again. And I know, like I said, neither one of us were, were uh, too proud of it.
2: I will say this. I was a, a, For the first time this year, I did sideline reporting for television broadcast, and it really hit me how intense a lot of guys in this league can get. Uh, on the field during a game and it's one thing when I'm doing writing and I interview people in the post game situation in the locker room and they've had some time to cool off, but on the field, when you're doing the on-field interviews, it can get, uh, you know, guys emotions are running high. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing.
4: No, I mean, it shows you care. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all in 24 hours a day. This is my job. It's my life. It's, it's everything. And uh, I'm I'm extremely competitive. I, I hate losing. Um, you know, I don't I don't I don't I don't like losing. You know, um, but I always handle myself with class. I've never had an issue after I've lost. You know, coached now in the league over 100 games, and you know, you know, lost. Uh, I don't know how many, but you know, I, I've I've always sh- shaken the coach's hand after a loss, even though I don't always like it. <laughs> Um, but, it, but it does. It shows everybody's passionate, and um, it's not a bad thing for your players to see that. And, and uh, ultimately, in this league, we want competitive players and competitive coaches that want to win. And rising tides raise all ships. You know? So we have coaches now that are pushing each other and players push,
0: pushing each other, and that raises the level of the league. All right, and there it is—our five-a-side team plus a coach uh, to round out our 2015 interview compilation episode of the Planet Football Podcast. Now, now, GM, technical director, director of soccer, uh, Alex Abnos. Do you have any any final final words about this team, about this selection?
1: First of all, that's an awful lot of titles for for one man. <laughs> uh, but sure, I'll go ahead and do three jobs at once if that's if that's what you if that if that's what Planet Football Podcast guest FC demands of me. I'm willing to give my all for the club. Uh, And lastly, I just want to say I'm really confident in our team. I think we've put together a balanced roster that can really uh, deal with any other imaginary podcast guest teams that decide to play us uh, in the imaginary uh, Premier League. (laughs) And uh, we look forward to uh, hoisting the trophy at the end of the imaginary season
0: well well said well said
1: <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself
0: um i've been prepar- i've been preparing this for this my whole life obviously. it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's my dream jobs so. <laughs> we do want to thank all of our guests again uh for coming on over the last few months some of the ones that didn't make uh this this episode tim howard we we had on which was fantastic uh abby wambach again jesse Marsh, Laura harvey kai Kamara, shabby alonso we also had tokyo sehwale and uh and francois carrard uh bundesliga ceo christian seifert i know i'm going to be missing uh, a couple here but but the point of the matter is uh we we plan on bringing more of these guests to you next year um and and we wish everybody a happy holidays a happy new year again if you do want to listen to any of these interviews in full that we've had over the last few years definitely implore you to to subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher and leave us comments on on this on this uh, podcast, on our page on SoundCloud, on our page on Planet Football. Uh, if there are any guests that you want to hear, we uh, we will do our best to bring them to you. Uh, so with that, for Alex Abnos, I am Avi Creditor. Have a very happy holidays. We will talk to you next time on the Planet Football Podcast.